Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. The title of the message today is Where Breakthrough Begins. Where Breakthrough Begins. See, I want you to understand this morning is that God is a God of breakthrough. That He just doesn't want us to arrive in our life or in our relationship with Him. Let me just be clear with you. There is no point of arrival where you've achieved everything that we need to achieve in our relationship with God. There's no point in life where we're like, okay, I've done all I could do with this God thing. I'm good. No, there are breakthroughs after breakthroughs. There are milestones after milestones. There are new layers of depth every single day and year that God wants to bring us into in our relationship with Him. God wants to break through things in your life that have held you back. Those, maybe those addictions, those feelings, those past mistakes, those memories. He wants to break through those things and help you find freedom. Maybe it's the frustration or a relational frustration that you're dealing with right now. God wants to break through those things to help you find freedom. God wants to bring victory in the battles that you're facing day in and day out. Maybe it's a health battle or a financial battle. God wants to bring you breakthrough because he is the God of the breakthrough. Turn to the person next to you, give him an elbow and say, hey, God's the God of breakthrough, all right? Make it nice, make it nice, but make sure they're awake and ready to go, right? So we're gonna lean into this idea where breakthrough begins. Come on, in person and online, let's make sure we're following along. Let's make sure we're writing things down. Here's the first thing I want you to write down today is that breakthrough isn't just something God can do, it is who he is. Breakthrough is not just something that God can do, it is who he is. Now I love statements like this, because for me, one of the things I really needed to mature from or graduate from in my relationship with God is not being so preoccupied with what God is doing or why God is doing something a certain way, right? You ever ask that question, God, what are you doing? My life is in shambles, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? I'm going to church, I'm serving, I'm giving, but it seems like everyone else that never darkens the door of church, their life is going a lot better than mine. God, what are you doing? Or what does God do when this happens, or when that happens, or when I make this decision? See, one of the mature things we can do, and it will save you a lot of heartache, <laughs> it'll save you a lot of wasted time, it'll save you a lot of frustration, is to graduate from not always asking what is God doing, but to remind yourself who God is. See, if I know who God is, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. See, God may be doing some things that I disagree with. He may be, my life may be going places or things happening around me that I don't understand why. But if I know who God is, I can keep going. If I know who God is, I have a solid foundation. If I know that God is a forgiving God, that's who he is, then I know that I'm gonna make mistakes. I am an imperfect person. Yes, even as a pastor, I mess up once a year. Just once a year though. It's all, no, I'm just kidding. It's all once a day, multiple times a day, I mess up, right? But I know God is a forgiving God. It's not just something he does, it's who he is. So I don't get held back by the mistakes I've made. Yes, I repent, I ask for forgiveness, but I know God is a God who is forgiveness. So I know he's never gonna hold anything against me. He's not keeping some log chart of all the things that I've done wrong, saying, hey, you know back then, on like March 23rd, 
1995, when you stole that piece of candy from that gas station, that really happened, probably not the year and day, but I did do that. I, I remember, I saw that. No, God doesn't do that. Forgiveness is clear, it's done, it's freedom. God is forgiveness. If I know that God is good, the Bible literally tells us, taste and see that God is good. If I believe that, then any, even though bad things may be happening around me, I know ultimately God is good. As scripture always promises me that everything works together for good to those who love God. When you love God, you know who he is. If I loved my wife for everything that she does, that she would not really like that. She'd rather me love her for who she is. Your spouse would probably want the same thing. Just a little marriage advice for you or future marital advice for you, right? God just wants to be loved for who he is and he's showed us so much who he is. Look what it says on your note card, it's a little typo. It says Romans, but it's actually from Psalms chapter 37, verse 23 through 34, it says this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. This is the freedom, this is the breakthrough that we have when we trust in God and have a relationship with Him, and that's available to each and every single one of us here in this room today. Whether it's our hundredth time in church or our first time back in a long time, this is what's available, that God can direct our steps. See, this is called a wisdom psalm. It's written by King David, who we're gonna talk about a lot today. It's written towards the end of his life, and it's written in a poetic structure that details it out in what's called a wisdom psalm, meaning that it's to teach us something that we apply to our life. It's supposed to be something that we don't just read and say, oh, that sounds, wow, that's really nice. No, it's wisdom, and wisdom is applied knowledge. It's one thing to know this, it's another thing, completely different thing to apply this to your life. To know that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Really what that godly word means in the original language was actually the Lord directs the steps of the courageous or the strong, meaning that it doesn't matter how courageous or strong you are, you don't get anywhere without God. It doesn't matter how hardworking or courageous or strong or capable you are, you don't get anywhere without God directing you where you should go. So we need him. He delights in every detail, every detail. You mean God cares about what I'm having for lunch this afternoon? Yeah, he does, because he's with you. He's excited about that. My son, again, I talk about Shepherd all the time because I think it's really helped me understand the Heavenly Father heart toward us. I'm always interested in what's going on in Shepherd's life. Like, I wanna know everything that he's thinking. I wanna know everything that he likes doing. If he's doing, making a choice, I wanna be around it. I delight in those things and I, every detail is important to me. It's the same way with your Heavenly Father. And the third thing is, though they may stumble, they'll never fall. Man, God is like that, you know, that table you can always grab a hold of when you stumble. And he never tips over. He's always reliable, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Man, I love that intimate picture. How does God bring, great, bring breakthrough in our life? By the hand. Say, hey, I'm with you, I'm right here. Let's keep going. How, does God, how is God gonna bring breakthrough for us? Step by step, that we're gonna see. Let me give you this last point, and then we'll pray and jump into the heart of the message. The really idea of today where breakthrough begins, breakthrough begins where I end. Breakthrough begins where I end, where you realize, man, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't, there is no way, there is no way I can solve this issue. I've been beating my head against the wall and I cannot get past this. See, breakthrough only happens, heavenly breakthrough, miraculous breakthrough begins where I end, where I can't do it anymore. See, we need God in this life. We can get through it without him, probably even find some success, but we'll never find fulfillment that is not dictated by our outward things or situations. 
It's fulfillment from our Heavenly Father. I was thinking about it this way. I remember when Adrian and I got married, uh, you know, people were super generous to us. We got a lot of checks. It was nice to open all the wedding cards. One of the things I quickly realized that opening wedding cards on your couch is a mistake because people love getting you the cards that have all the glitter that fall off it. So our couch was very shiny for a couple weeks after our wedding. But we got a lot of checks, right? And this was a little bit before they started. Uh, now what I do is I just deposit the check by taking a picture on my phone, which is great. I never go to a bank anymore because why? When I can just take a picture and deposit the check. But back then when people would give you a, a check as a gift, if it said just my name, that was great. If it said to Ryan or Adrian Miller, the or was really key because only one of you had to be at the bank. But if it said to Ryan and Adrian Miller, got a little confusing because I didn't realize that both of us had to be there. See, the thing is in life, there's a lot of things that are available to you. There are a lot of things that you can cash in on by yourself. Or, you know, I got this and God's got this. But you're only gonna receive everything that's been offered to you. You're only going to receive everything that this life has to give when you realize it's me and God walking through this. And sometimes my whole dependence and surrender is on that and God part for him to bring the breakthrough. Come on, that's God is the God of the breakthrough today. And we're celebrating that. And he wants to break through some things in your life, whether you're here in person or online. Come on, let's pray today and jump into this. God, I'm so thankful for every person here. God, I'm so thankful for everyone watching from wherever they're at. And God, I pray today we would lean into this one phrase that you are the God of the breakthrough. And breakthrough can begin today in our life. Whatever situation, whatever problem, whatever battle we're facing, breakthrough can begin today. And we're faithful and committed to that. God, I pray for everyone here. I pray for all of our kids next door and our kids team. Bless them and strengthen them. Help them make an awesome place where our kids can love Jesus and find him to be their very best friend. And God, we know you're gonna bring some breakthrough tomorrow night as the Tampa Bay Lightning complete the Stanley Cup sweep. In Jesus' name we all say amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's get excited for that. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got some friends telling me like, hey, Ryan, don't you want the Lightning to win at home and, and lose? No, I just want them to win, take it all, and I don't, it doesn't matter if it's in Canada or here. I just want them to repeat and let's go, and we'll celebrate with them when they get back home. But uh, hey, like I said before, they're playing pretty well. There is a pastor here in the city that prays for them every week. I'm just telling you, prayer works, and God sees it. It's moving. And again, if some miraculous thing happens where they lose, just so you know, God still answers prayer, all right? I want to ch jump into a story from the Bible that is really great. It's from 2 Samuel chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 17. Like I said before, we're talking about King David, right? And he wrote that Psalm 37 that we mentioned, and we're going to see a story of his life that I think is really important to lean into when it comes to this idea of breakthrough. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, David has already done some amazing things. He is the David from David and Goliath. He's slain a giant. He saved his people because literally that whole battle came down to if David could defeat Goliath, the Philistines would give up and, and flee and run away, and the Israelites were able to conquer them that day. And David continues to serve the Lord, and he continues to become a champion, a conqueror, all of these things. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, he finally steps into this place where he is now announced king of all of Israel, king of all of God's people. One of the most amazing, probably biggest milestone achievements someone could face at this time of the world. And God had blessed him, he had anointed him king, and finally in the beginning of 2 Samuel chapter five, David is announced and anointed and blessed king in front of the entire country, entire nation of Israel, all 12 tribes. 
But like things happen, is when good things happen, battles are sure to follow. So within the same chapter, with only a, within only a few verses, David begins to face two quick battles, his first couple battles as king over the entire nation of Israel. So here's the thing. A lot of times we're praying for breakthrough. I just want you to know that each time God brings breakthrough in our life, there's a battle coming, probably not too far behind it. But you know what? We're going to realize that, man, if, I, I say this all the time for us, that if God got us through that, he'll get us through this. If God showed up a year ago, he can show up today. If God won that battle, he can win this one and the next one, and it begins to grow us to a place where our faith really does become unshakable because we know unshakability is not something God does, it's who he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is where breakthrough begins, understanding who God is. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 5, though, starting in verse 17. All right, in verse 17 it says this. This is when the Philistines, again, enemy of Israel, comes up and says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. Now, let's take a break. One second. We know that we have those people in our life that when good news happens to us, they're figuring out how they can give us some bad news and bring us down, right? You come home and, and they're like, oh, this awesome thing happened at work, or I got to do this awesome thing yesterday. And they either tell you how their thing is better, or they just immediately bring you some bad news about something else in your life, right? This is exactly who the Philistines are. They look at David and they realize, oh, he's been announced king? All right, he's been announced anointed king? All right, time to attack, so let's keep going here. But David was told they were coming. So he went to the stronghold, and the Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. So David asked the Lord, should I go out to the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? Would you underline that phrase for me? We're going to come back to it in a second. But should I go out to fight the Philistines? And the Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead, and I will certainly, I love this, I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. I love in one verse, you know, God's on, God's on David's side. One verse, armies defeated. I love that. When God's with you, when it's you and God moving and battling and walking in this life together, it only takes one sentence for him to bring exactly what you're looking for. It only takes one sentence for that miracle to happen because God is that strong. God is that faithful. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it exclaimed, David exclaimed, he burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who breaks through. And the Philistines had abandoned their idols there, so David and his men confiscated them. Now, I love this story. It's so quick, but understand what just happened. David literally just announced an anointed king. Within moments, the Philistines hear this, they gather all their armies, and they're like, all right, new king, young guy, we got him, we're taking him out, let's go. And David sees them coming. He's told they were coming. Very interesting thing to lean into, that when we are surrendered and trusting God, very seldomly are we surprised by the attacks. We have the spiritual discernment. We have the spiritual awareness to know that attacks are going to come, and I can prepare for them. It's what God does. He whispers things into our ear. He impresses things upon our heart. No, I don't think you should take that job. No, I don't think you should step into that relationship. No, I don't think you should do this or do that. And he begins to lead you in ways that you never thought possible, but leads you through battles and into victories that you never would have been able to accomplish on your own. It's exactly what happens. David hears that the Philistines are coming. 
So he prepares and gets ready, and in one sentence, God defeats them. They're gone. But I love that David doesn't say, oh, it's because I'm king now. That's why this happened. Yes, I'm the king, and it's my prowess that made this happen, my conquering ability that helped this happen. What does he exclaim? Pretty simple words that we should probably always think about in our life. God did it, wasn't me. God did it, the Lord did it. Now, I was really good with that phrase when I was a kid, when I would get in trouble. Wasn't me, they did it. Nope, nope, no. I wasn't talking in class, it was them. I didn't throw, I didn't throw mulch at them, it was them, right? Like, we're always good at casting blame when it's bad things, but we forget to give credit when good things happen, right? It's a leadership principle called looking in the mirror or looking out the window. It's from this book, Good to Great, written by Jim Collins. I read it a long time ago, and he talks about this principle that great leaders, when success happens, they look out the window. Man, it's because of them. It's because of my team. It's because of the people that surrounded me. It's because of the God who's on my side as I build this business. Good leaders, when things go bad, they look in the mirror. Man, what did I do? There must have been some decision that I made that wasn't correct. There must have been something that wasn't, that was misinformation that I gave the team. Man, there must have been something that I didn't trust God with. That is what we're talking about when it comes to breaking through, leaning into these things that God is doing. God did it, and he names the place. This is the place where God breaks through. I love this idea that he names the place that. Can I encourage you today that we're still living in the place that God breaks through? Right, because David lived before Jesus. We're living after Jesus, where the Son of God gave his life and conquered the grave for you and me and walked out alive so that wherever we go, breakthrough goes with us. Man, so our house is the place where God breaks through. Our family, our friendships, our jobs, that's the place where God breaks through. Not just on Sunday mornings at church. Man, we take that breakthrough every single place where we go. Because David realized, man, it was God who gave me the insight that the enemy was coming. And it was God who defeated them like that. Had nothing to do with me. God did it. It's God who breaks through. I want, for me, though, I've been convicted as I've been preparing this message about why doesn't things happen like this more often? Why doesn't this happen in my life, God? And why, what, what is the key thing that I'm not doing? Well, I read a quote in one of the commentaries from a guy named Adam Clark, and he wrote this. It says, how is it that such supernatural directions and assistances are not communicated now? Because they are not asked for. And they are not asked for because they are not expected. And they are not expected because men have not faith. And they have not faith because they are under a refined spirit of atheism and have no spiritual conversation with their maker. Now, I'm not, you know, saying that we're atheists in here, even if you are. We're glad you're here. Questions, all that stuff, we, that is welcome to your local church. But sometimes we have this refined spirit of atheism where we say, yes, there is a God. I believe him. I believe he sent his son Jesus to redeem us and save us. Oh, but I, when it comes to that, I'm not sure if I can believe he'll do it. When it comes to, th- I don't know, I think I need to grip a little harder. I think I need to fight this battle. I don't know if God is going to be the one that brings this victory. It's a refined spirit of atheism. Man, I've been guilty of this in all areas of my life. From my relationships, to financial stuff, to decisions, to even planting this church. It's like, okay, God, I, I, I think I have to work a little harder. God really convicted of me this, this last year. 
You know, when COVID-19 hit and we had to go online, it was crazy. And I like turned the gears up to work mode, right? We gotta get this thing going. We gotta get online. We gotta make this happen. We can't lose our people. And I worked so hard that I completely worked God out of the equation. It's 100% me, 0% God. It was good, but it wasn't supernatural. It was probably even great, but it wasn't inspired and strengthened by the Holy Spirit of God. And see, the thing is, we may have good, great things in our life, but they're not supernatural. They're not inspired and strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit that wants to move and work in your life. And I love what it says here. It doesn't happen because we don't ask. And we don't ask because we don't believe. We don't believe because we don't expect that God is who he is. We're still leaning into what God does. And sometimes on that side of the equation, we think what God does is influenced by our behavior and by how good we can be and by how many times we check the box that God wants us to check. It's not based on the fact that he is a character of a heavenly father who loves us no matter what and wants to bring breakthrough in our life. Write this down for me. It says this. When we remember what God has done in the past, it gives us hope for the future and and faith for our future. It gives us hope for the future and fuels our faith. There it is. See, when we realize that God's done amazing things in the past, it gives us hope for the future and fuels our faith. See, when we hear stories of, man, this Children's Cup was facing this crazy situation in Eswatini. Like, there was no way they were going to rebuild and restore, but, man, God did it in a couple days, and he's still doing it right now as we speak. I've seen God do it, so I'm not going to lose heart. I've seen God bring healing in people's lives. I've seen God make a way when there was no other way. I've seen him do things in the past that the only explanation is that he stepped in and did something when no one else could. So it gives me hope for the future. It fuels my faith knowing that, man, if God did it then, he can do it now, and he will do it now because he is a God who is good, who is powerful, who is a miracle-working, promise-keeping God. That's where breakthrough begins, knowing that the fact that I'm here breathing right now in this moment shows that whether I saw it or not, God was breaking through in my life to keep me here, help me keep going, taking one step after the other. He's been in my past, and man, that gives me hope for the future and fuels my faith that he can do more than it could possibly, I could ever do on my own. Now let's go back to 2 Samuel chapter 5, because David is going to need to understand this right away. In verse 22, look what it says. But after a while, the Philistines returned and again spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. Underline that phrase for me. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. And this is God speaking in verse 23. He says, do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on the alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what the Lord commanded, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Now, I love this, because again, David just had a victory. It says pretty quickly again, the Philistines were like, "Uh uh-uh, we're still coming after you, bro. And they mobilize another army to come attack him. What does David do? Same approach, same humble approach. God, what should I do? Now, if I was David, and I just realized, man, not too long ago, God, you were on my side. So I I got this one, all right? I got this one, God. I think I can handle this one. I've seen you do it. I know what you're going to do. We'll just do it the same way as last time. And God immediately interrupts that thinking that doesn't even say David had, but I definitely would have had. He says, no, don't attack them straight on. What's interesting is is every battle in your life is different. 
Every season in your life is different. And so God may be instructing you and asking you to do something completely different to break through in a way that you never thought possible so that God can move in your life in ways that he really needs to. I love that it says, no, no, David, don't go. Do the exact opposite. In fact, go hide. Whoa. (laughs) Hold on, God. I'm king now. I can't go hide. What? I just had a huge victory. I can't go hide and, and make it look like we're afraid of the Philistines. That will be sending the exact wrong message. But David does it anyway. He goes and hides in the poplar trees. I love that. I don't really know what a poplar tree is, but it sounds pretty to me. David and the army hide under them, and God gives them specific instructions. And he says, when you hear sounds above the trees, when you hear the sound of marching above the trees, that's when it's time. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to us, but let me tell you what it meant to David. At that time, rabbis, who were the religious teachers and leaders of the day, they knew that when the trees rustled, they believed that it was the angels moving here on this earth. They believed that it was the angels advancing to our cause, to help us, to fight on our side. So God wanted to remind David, hey, if I don't go first, nothing's going to happen. If you don't remind that, I, if, you don't, if you don't remember that you need me, it's you and me in this whole thing, that man, then it's not worth it. People need to see that God is on the side of Israel, that God will do whatever it takes, even when it does, even doing things that make no sense to you. But when you hear the sound of God, when you hear God moving, it's time to step up and move because if you wait, you're going to miss it. So here's what I'm instructing us today, that breakthrough happens when we begin to hear or feel the presence of God moving in our life. I am, I feel so anxious sometimes about how many times have I known I've heard God, you know, giving me a little nudge or giving me that whisper of to do this thing, or maybe I even see that he's moving, and because I second guess myself or I forget who God is, I missed out on seeing a miracle happen in front of me because I was too afraid, even though I did hear God move right above me. How many times have we missed out on what God is doing in our lives when we've heard him say or heard him do something and realize, ah, not for me though. It's that refined spirit of atheism. I don't believe it can be for me, it's for them. Nah, man, we got to get rid of that. That's not where breakthrough begins. See, breakthrough began with David simply understanding who God is and doing what he said and just trusting him. It's the key. It's the only way that it happens. See, verse 23, when it talks about in both of these stanzas of passages, David goes to God first. And I love what it says in verse 24, it says, when you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on alert. Now, this is in, in the New Living Translation that I read. It's not really a great translation. I actually love what it says in the King James, if you can believe it or not. In verse 24 of the King James, it says this, when you hear, oh man, I, I, sometimes I'm going to talk like this and just see how cool I sound. When thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself. I love that phrase. Bestir thyself. What does that mean? Meaning when you hear that God's doing something, when you see that God is moving, don't just sit and watch. Begin to muster up 
you know, the energy. When I, when I used to play sports a lot, you know, I had to, you had to get that be stirring yourself before the game, right? You just didn't walk out of the tunnel. You just didn't walk out of the field. You had some music playing. You like had to bounce to your step. You're like, yeah, let's go. Ain't nobody taking us. You got to bestir yourself in the things that God has for you. That's what Sundays are about. It's realizing, man, we're all going through something, but I'm going to stir myself up a little bit and attack Monday and walk through these battles and realize that God, the God that is on my side is the God of breakthrough. Let me give you three quick things. Where does breakthrough begin? Three quick things. Breakthrough begins with a battle that is worth fighting. How many times did David, in each story, David said, God, should I fight this battle? And both times God said yes. Sometimes I think the reason I'm not winning the battle I'm in is because it's a battle God never asked me to fight. It's a battle for a job that God only knows is going to hurt me and move me in places where I feel like I don't need him. It's a relationship that's only gonna drive me farther away from God, not bring me closer to him. It's a life decision that is actually not what God wants for me, even though it may be what I want or what's easy or what's comfortable. We're fighting battles that we never took a moment and took a deep breath and said, God, should I fight this? Should I step onto the battlefield for this? That was the greatest thing that David did where a breakthrough began was simply realizing this was a battle worth fighting because God was in it. That's the second thing, is that breakthrough begins with God being involved. You're, again, it's not going to the bank. Could be my name, could be or, but man, it's only when it's and could I get everything out. Could I cash it on everything that was given to me? How much would I have left on the table if I said, ah, man, it's too, it's too inconvenient to try to get Adrian here with me. Our schedules are a little crazy. So that's okay, we'll just rip these up. We're doing the same thing in our life with the things that God's written about us. And we're like, ah, it's a little inconvenient, God, to invite you into that or to involve you with that. God's like, okay, I mean, I'm not gonna force you. But just so you know, it's, it's a blank check for you. All you gotta do is step up. All you gotta do is ask. All you got to do is involve me. And the third thing is, is where small wins precede the big victories. That's, that's where breakthrough begins, where small wins precede the victories. What were the small wins? Number one, David asking God. What were the small wins? Number two, just trusting what God said. What were the small wins? Number three, realizing that even though God did it once, David was going to need God to do it again. So asking God again, hey, should I fight this battle? Then it was trusting God, okay, go hide in the trees? Sure, I'll do that. Oh, when I hear this sound, okay, I'll do that. All these small wins led up to this big victory of David defeating this enemy of Israel twice in one chapter in his first effort as king so that people could not say, wow, look how great David is. It was, man, look how great God is. And David trusts him and he's our king. Like that's, that's a king worth following because he trusts God and he listens to God no matter what. And God is the God of breakthrough and we're seeing that in our, in our people. Man, God must be worth it. God must be doing things that I can't even see. Where breakthrough begins, small wins that lead to big victories. I was thinking about the, the story I heard you know, in history, uh, from World War II, there was a general named Douglas MacArthur. He was really in charge of the US's efforts in the Japan area. And yeah, he instilled this, you see a picture of him right here. I mean, I wish I looked that cool. Uh, I mean, I just wish one day maybe, right? But he, he instilled this strategy called island hopping in World War II. And what it was, was he didn't worry about the big bases, the big islands that they couldn't take with the size army that they had. What he did, what he did was he would go take the smaller islands. 
and he would cut off supply chains to the big islands, to the big bases, so that their supply chains would be stopped and, and so that they wouldn't receive what they needed. See, that's what God is trying to do for us. Because MacArthur knew that, hey, overnight we can't defeat these giant armies and these big islands. We can't, but we can cut off what brings them life. We can cut off what they need. That's what God is trying to do right now for you, is to have these small little wins, and eventually the big victory will come. But he's trying to, hey, hey, would you, just, would, you just, would you just trust me here? Just give me this little thing, just this little thing. Just, just give me a little time on a Sunday morning where you can come together and, and experience me and be lifted up and inspired. Just trust me a little bit there. Give me a few minutes, just a few minutes in your morning where you, where you spend time reading your word and, and praying and believing. And just give me that. Just trust me a little bit with what you've been given and you'll see how I can bless you in ways you never thought possible. Just trust me with the way I've designed you, with the talents and abilities I've given you. Can I, can I be real with you and be frank with you for a second? I've realized that, man, there's probably four simple things that every time we can check if we're doing these, then we're probably going to be okay. These four little small wins, here's what they are. If we fight for that personal relationship with God, small win, we're going to be okay. Yeah. And then if we fight for that community where we experience God together, we're going to be all right. If we give and trust God with, what, with what's been given us, we're going to be okay. And then if we serve with the way God has designed us to make a difference in someone's life, man, I just, I'm committed to this more so than ever, that the secret of breakthrough in our life is just four simple things. Worshiping, community, giving, and serving. That's it. That's it. That's where breakthrough begins. Worshiping, community, giving, and serving. Get those small wins, and man, you'll see the big victories roll in. Because here's what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Through our faith that this is who God is. That God is who he says he is. That he is good, miracle working, promise keeping, restore, redeemer, rebuilder, conqueror, whatever it is, all of the above. My faith is that this is who God is. And every child of God defeats this evil world. Turn to the person next to you tell him, hey, you're every child. You're every child. You defeat this. You move forward. This is where breakthrough begins. And man, I know today is a fun day. We're here for one service. We're packed out in the room today. I wanted to end this service the right way. Would you stand to your feet with me? Come on, this, this morning as we close. Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.